So today we're going to talk about um, how God is restoring our memory. It's an interesting topic, isn't it, Jim? <laughs> yeah. By the way, <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> my name's Rich, and that's Jim. So hey, praise the Lord. Yeah, he's um, he's restoring our memory. What, what do I mean by that, Rich? What do you mean by that? You know, is restoring your memory. I'm not talking about restoring your memory of things you've done on this earth. Wow, now we've stepped into some deep waters here. <laughs> um, yeah, this may be a little bit deep today, but um, please um, just hang in there. And what I do, if it's something that's a little deep for me, I, I just listen to it a few times. So you may want to listen to this a few times before you, um, before you, you know, just give up on it. Because uh, what we're going to talk about today is how God restores our memory from things past before we were even born. And I know that's hard for some people to think about, but if you stay tuned, you'll, you'll see the, the, the scriptures back this up completely. This word memory, what, you know, we all have memories and, and we all kind of know what the word memory means, but it's the, the faculty by which the mind stores and remembers information. It is the retention of information over time for the purpose of influencing future action. So here we are today. Uh, we are living in an, a day and an hour where the mysteries of God are being revealed. We're, we're seeing things and hearing things with our spiritual eyes and ears that we'd never heard before. If you're out there seeking Asking, seeking, and knocking, and you're diligently uh, diligent about it, then we are going to be able to uh, have these mysteries revealed to us. And um, the biggest mystery of all that Paul said is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, um, but one of the mysteries that's being revealed today is the understanding of, first of all, who God is who we are, and how did all this come to being. So, uh, in, you know, so we're going to talk about this thing called uh, eternal life because we all, we all feel that eternal life is available to all of us. And, and we are uh, basically, as far as eternal life is concerned, we are being um, renewed each and every day as far as our life is concerned. And, um, and you know, there is no time and there is no space uh, in eternity. We, we were dropped down into time and space, and now we are basically going to return to a time and space where it's no more. And so anyway... In Genesis 2, let's, let's kind of break down the scriptures here for you today. In Genesis 2, we are shown the creation of our body and our soul. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So there, there right there shows 
that your soul and your body were created. Whereas there's no mention there or anywhere in the creation story of um, our spirit being created. Because our spirit, God is spirit. And if you have spirit in you, it's God's spirit. And there's only one spirit. So uh, where is the creation of our spirit because it's missing, and the reason it's missing is because it's always been. You, you can't be an eternal being. You can't live in eternity just going forward because an eternal being always existed. God has always existed. God is, and he's always existed. And so um, we're going to go into some things like with Job and we're going to go in Jeremiah. We're going to go into some things that show and prove that you existed before your mom and dad got together. You were, you were with God. And then, then he dropped you into time and space. And then we became this being that we are right now as far as a mind, uh, you know, a body, a soul, and, of course, God's spirit that lives in us. So if I totally confused everybody, Jim? Uh, I'm hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the only thoughts that really are coming to my mind is um, I know we both agree that God is doing something very special in our time in this generation. Um, you can just sense it. It's it's everywhere in the air, really, um, in the world air and also in the spirit air inside of us. Uh, we know that there's great change that's coming, and and the scriptures uh, says that the natural world is a type and a shadow of what's going on in the realm of God's heavens. Uh, and there's a lot of change that's going on in the earth today, in America today. We can see that. Um, so the Lord is trying to reveal something to his creation in this hour, something that's, that's going to be different, something that's going to be unique, and something that's going to be profound. And I think the scripture that, that best fits this radio show this morning, Rich, is that scripture where God says, deep crieth unto deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is, this is really going to be uh, spirit unto spirit. Uh, it's gonna, this is going to be a show where it's going to be a little bit difficult to get your carnal mind mm-hmm. uh, wrapped around. Um, you're going to have to allow the Spirit of Christ to minister to you, to minister to your heart, your inner man. And, and, and a lot of these things will start be becoming <clears throat> a lot clearer to you. Right now, they're very cloudy, even to us in a sense, too. It's just that there is a day star that's starting to dawn within the hearts of God's church. You know, the day star is the first star uh, that rises in the morning on a new day, and it starts bringing light. But the day star brings a very faint light until the sun actually comes in and and takes over from there. Um, So, yeah, what you're going to be hearing this morning is a little bit of the day star that's starting to dawn in God's church. And, you know, the Lord would say, Behold, I do a new thing, and we want to be a part of what God's doing in the earth. We certainly don't want to miss, especially in this hour, uh, what God is doing, because it appears uh, that we're going into potentially times of shaking. 
Um, and we, we certainly want to be living in the secret place and hearing the voice of God in this hour. Jim, we've said many times that, that we are not earthly beings experiencing a spiritual experience. Right. I mean, we are spiritual. We are heavenly beings experiencing an earthly existence. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Jesus. Jesus came from the Father and went back to the Father. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to understand that he said, Lord, we've made them in our own image, and I prayed that you would make them one as you and I are one. So it's not difficult to understand that we experience the exact same thing that Jesus experienced, that, you know, he was with the Father the Father put him on this earth, and then to, and then he ascended back to the Father. That's that's your path. That's the path that you're going to take. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to think that God loves us so much that he dropped us into this existence for a season, and he's going to receive us back. Mm-hmm. Now, why did he drop us into this existence? Why did Jesus, his son, his only begotten son, why did he have to come to this lower earthly realm when he, his whole existence was in the heavenly realm Mm -hmm. up to that point? Mm -hmm. Same with us. Do we have the answer? No, but I can tell you this, there's a reason God's preparing us for something by sending us down here and having us have this existence, no matter how many years that is, and then have the Father receive us back to himself. I mean, not that we're alone when we're down here, because we're still one with him even when we're down here. Yeah, uh, there is an eternal purpose that's working here. Uh, We have the tendency, and rightfully so, to view everything from a temporal standpoint of view. You know, all we're concerned about is where we're going to live, what we're going to eat, what clothes we're going to put on our back. Um, uh, Rich, the Lord gave me a poem a couple of months back that I'd like to share with the people right now. Uh, The title of the poem is where Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... Uh, there is a resurrection that's going on right now, and that resurrection is inside of you where, the, where his kingdom dwells and abides. You know, Jesus said that, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Um, so these are truths that we're going to have to lay hold of uh, in this hour, and the only way to lay hold of them is to get quiet before the Lord and, and meditate on Christ in you, the hope of glory. But Here's a poem that the Lord gave me, um, and it's kind of a prayer, and it goes like this. Rise up in me, O King of grace, that I might see your glorious face, the face that knows the beginning and the end, the face that's forever been my friend. Yes, there was a place way back in time when we departed from your mind, but even then you were still there even in our times of great despair. Because you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, for you are always in his sight. 
But we did depart from his power and from his might. But now, and I stress this, but now by his might and by his power, he is bringing us back to a oneness relationship with him in this hour. So soon and very soon, you will see the power of my resurrection being manifested in thee. That's a yeah, powerful well, point. That, that's exactly what we're talking it about is. here. It really and, is. And, you know, let, let's, again, we're going to back all this up with Scripture. I mean, let's face it. The Scriptures are here for a reason. And um, we're going to use them. You know, we, we feel Absolutely. that God is speaking all the time. We just have to have ears to hear. And that is ultimately... I would hope that it's every believer's goal is to hear the voice for yourself, that you don't need a prophet. You don't, I'm not saying you don't need prophets and teachers and pastors. and I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you can hear God for yourself. Yeah, because even Isaiah prophesied back in the Old Testament, for they will be taught of God. The Holy Spirit's Isaiah our said. teacher. Yeah. The rest of the people are yeah. just helping us along the way. The fivefold ministry is wonderful, yes. and, and it was instituted uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you'll notice in Ephesians, when it talks about the fivefold ministry, it says that we, you are to sit under those until. Until. Until so, is the word. Yeah, so there is a time that the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, you know, I can only feed you, they can only feed you, the ministry, the pastor, the evangelist, the apostle, the prophet, they can only feed you as far as they have gone. And a lot of times the Lord is saying what their ceiling is can now be your ground floor. You can move on from that particular realm. And praise God for every one of them uh, that are in that calling because they're nurturing and helping us grow into the full stature of a son of God or a daughter of God. So that's the ministry that Rich and I feel that we've been given uh, is really to bring you up and to bring you out even beyond the fivefold ministry. Yes. I know a lot of guys, a lot of people out there will really take issue with this. But he does say, I want you sitting under them until you start coming into perfection or the perfect one. Amen. Well, let's go back to Job, because there's an interesting uh, scripture there in Job, in, in Job 38. And, and I'm going to read kind of the background and all that. So it's, it's a little bit lengthy, but it really is powerful. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the strong wind and said, Who is this that makes words of wisdom dark by speaking without much learning? Now get ready like a man, and I will ask you some questions, and you answer me. I love it when God asks you questions. We're always asking him questions, but and, and trust me, when he asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He's wanting you to know the answer. He says, where were you when I began building the earth? Okay, now let's drop that for a second and, and ponder this for a second. It says, where were you, Job, when I began building the earth? Now remember, the sons of God and Satan had assembled. Okay? So he's asking Job, who's a son of God, he's asking Job, now where were you when I began to build the earth? So either it, it's one of two things. Either God's being cynical with Job, like, 
you know, where were you, which is not in his nature. That's correct. He is not a cynical God. No. He is an all-loving and caring God. So you, you can throw that one out. This is not cynicism when he's asking Job, where were you when I began to build the earth? So the only other answer to this is this. Job was there. And he wants Job to dig a little deeper. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to tell you something that might shock you. You were there. Wow. <laughs> Again, come on. If we are eternal beings, if we're going to live eternal, how come it's so easy for, for especially believers to say, well, I'm going to live forever with God? In other words, when I let go of this earth suit, I'm going to be ascended up with God and live with him forever. Not a hundred years, not 2,000 years, not a billion years or a trillion years. I'm going to live with God forever. They all, we all believe that. So you can't be eternal on that side of this life and not be eternal on the other side. An eternal being has no beginning and has no end. There is no time or space in there. It's you just exist. Well, he did say to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's all right. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I also believe back in the realm of heaven where there's no time or space, Jeremiah knew the Lord too before he even came to this earth. It's like Rich said, he he is a spiritual being. He was a spiritual being having an earthly experience when he was here. He wasn't a human being having a spiritual experience. He already had a spiritual experience in the beginning, but when the Lord sent us down here, uh, frankly, he gave us amnesia. We came down with a case of amnesia. That's that's the title of our program is God is Restoring Our Memory. Yeah, right. Not an earthly memory, an eternal memory. Because God goes on to say, after he said, where were you when I began building the earth? He says, God says to Job, tell me, if you have understanding, if you have the memory, that's what he was saying. Do you remember, Job, when I began building the earth? Do you remember that, Job? And and Job didn't. Because I think, like Jim said, I think God gives us amnesia because, my gosh, can, if, if you realize where you came from, where you truly came from, and then now you've been placed into this earthly realm, oh my, it would drive you crazy. But guess what? All those memories, whether it's on this side or the other side, are all going to come back to you. And he was asking Job, Tell me if you have the understanding, if you have the memory. Who decided how big it was to be since you know? Who looked to see if, if it was as big as it should be? What was it built upon? Who laid the first stone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God called out for joy, so it wasn't just So Job. guess what? The sons of God were there. Right. Are you a son of God? Child Daughter of God. of God? Child of God? Whatever. You know, with God, it's not male, female, or whatever. Because we are spirit. <laughs> he, 
He is spirit. We are spirit. We just have a soul and a body that uh, houses uh, that spirit because he said that we are the temple of God. We are the dwelling place of God. That's the kingdom of God. It's within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Goes on to say, you could be, well, no, this is, this is what I wrote down. You can be skeptical from verse 1 to 6 and say that God was being cynical, but we just agreed that God is not a cynical God. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. If God isn't being cynical, then he was saying that Job was there. And if Job was there, he's not a respecter of persons. If Job was there, you were there. That should get everybody excited. It got me excited when I finally got that revelation. Jim's over there scratching his head. So, Well, I'll tell you, the reason why I am rich is because uh, as much as I hate to say this, uh, you don't hear uh, the gospel. You don't hear that being preached from many pulpits. Now, there are some, that's for sure. We do know some brothers scattered all around the world uh, that are walking in this light. But in most organized faiths, uh, you're not going to be hearing this. Um, so God must have a special plan, a special purpose for you, because you wouldn't be within earshot of our right. voice today. Amen. So, you know, you really need to take this into your breast into your heart, and say, Lord, you know, I'm having a hard time getting my head around this thing. And very honestly, Rich and I had a very difficult time getting yeah. our head around it because everything in your carnal mind uh, will resist the things says, of the how Spirit. how can that be? Yeah, right. It sounds too good to be true. And you know the expression, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, but the Scripture says that the carnal mind uh, is against enmity, enmity, uh, the enemy of the realm of the spirit. So this is the reason why Paul was continuously praying for the church and saying to the church, "You need to have the mind of Christ formed in you." Uh, a lot of times when we when we get saved, we have an experience with Jesus Christ. We get very heavily involved in religious traditions of our forefathers. Yes. And this is what the Lord in this hour is delivering a people from. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of people that are leaving the organized faith. Uh, they're not leaving the church. They are the church. And even the people that are in these organized fellowships, they are the church of Jesus Christ, too. And this is what God is, is trying to do today. He's trying to separate the wheat from the tares. But let me, let me qualify that just for a second. When he's separating the wheat from the tares, he's not talking about we're the wheat and you're the tares, okay? He's talking about what is going on inside of each of our spirits, each individual. There is, there's weeds in there, and there's beautiful flower garden in there also. And God is trying to convey the truth to his church in this hour to separate what is not of him is simply traditions of men and religion and what is of him. So he's separating those the wheat from the tares. But God loves all of us equally, irregardless of where you're at on the mountain in your search for Christ. Amen, amen.